Hello, welcome to the Reaching for Reason podcast. My name is Kylie and I'm the host and this is episode one of Reaching Reflection and guest speaking today is my mom. I'm going to be asking her some questions and I thought there wouldn't be a better way to start off the podcast than the woman who started it all. Hi guys, this is Alyssa. I'm Kylie's mom. I'm so glad to be here today. Um, Do you want me to just share about myself? Yeah. So I um, am a martial artist. I run a jiu-jitsu academy called Mindset Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy in Charlotte, North Carolina. I also run a program called Athena Warrior Girls Club, which is an all-girls martial arts um, or self-defense program for girls only where we focus on building self-esteem. We do community service and of course we train martial arts and self-defense. So um, I stay really busy doing those things. Uh, My daughter is super into arts and music as much as I wanted her to be the next martial artist. I'm so proud of her endeavors with um, songwriting and singing and being active in the church. And I just can't wait to see where she goes. I'm so excited to be here and dive into these amazing questions with Kylie. Okay. You want to get into these questions? So my first one is when did you first really experience Jesus? So I was raised in a pretty big Catholic family. There was five of us my parents and both my parents um, are Catholic. So we just grew up, I grew up at the Catholic school, um, going to church every Sunday, but it wasn't really like a choice thing. It was more of like, we go to church on Sunday and that's it. And um, so it was like very, to me, I would guess use the word boring. Now that I'm older, I of course like appreciate it more, but um, at that time it was not my favorite thing. And, um, it just felt kind of like repetitive and, you know, um, a lot of traditions and things like that, but I never really felt close to God. I always felt like I believed in God and Jesus. I always considered myself a Christian, but it wasn't until I was older, maybe in my mid twenties that I visited actually Elevation Church and I felt like this is the Holy Spirit. I could feel God's presence and it was, you know, just eye-opening for me. And that's when I realized like, you know, God is here. It's not just going to church on Sunday, but it's, but God is always here and around us. And that's when I really felt like my relationship with Jesus began. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I go to Elevation. I mean, I've been going there since I was born. Um, and the Holy Spirit, they're so active and everything they do through the church is so amazing. I would say my first, you know, when I really, really experienced Jesus on my own, um, just like my mom kind of, you know, I grew up with Elevation and it was so amazing. And then I was singing and I was, you know, always writing songs and doing my music, but I wasn't doing worship music yet. It's when I started worship music where I started focusing so much on Jesus and I I know it's a little bit like out of all the experiences that there are mine is a little bit like oh okay um but I was in my room once and I had like this pearl necklace I don't know if you remember it was really hard to undo and I I couldn't get it off and I went to my brother's room and he couldn't get it off either and after a little while it 
I got so frustrated to where like it felt like it was choking me like I was hyperventilating and so I remember like I was so frustrated over something so little but I like started crying and I went on my bed and I just prayed to God and I was like Jesus this is something so little and so physical but I feel like God saw that I had so much faith in a time where he knew how frustrated I was and how you know the first thing that I did when I got that frustrated is that I went to him and I prayed in full faith that he could do it and I got up and I remember just like pulling on my necklace the littlest bit and it completely undid and like right there I was in such shock but then also in a way where I was like I know I knew this was going to happen because I had such full faith in God and right there I started going to youth nights and I you know started serving at Elevation um, with outreach and singing worship and ever since then ever since that little necklace yeah um my second question so when me and max my brother was born did you see god's love and god's grace through us a hundred percent i always think like when i see people who don't believe in god i always say to myself just wait till they have children Mm -hmm. and they won't be able to deny him because there's just something about the not only the love that you have for your children but just the the power i mean just the miracle of life like how Mm -hmm. it's how we can just bring humans into the world and um that you know we're just it's just amazing so um i definitely when i had you and max i just felt so blessed and so um loved and a little a little glimpse i think of god's love for us just to think that like god loves us more than i love my children is just almost impossible to think about and it's a truth you know it's just amazing yeah i of course can't see love like through me and max but um I get what you're saying now that you say about how God loves us more than you love us and you show your love to us every single day. So now that I see that and hear that, I can kind of, you know, see like, wow. Um, What does God's love mean to you? What does God's love mean to me? Hmm. I feel like, I feel a sense of safety and I feel a sense of like not no fear when I think of God's love. I feel like it's a blanket of protection from all your worries, pain, fear, evil, that God's love can just conquer everything, like just a big giant weapon against anything that is bad or scary or hard in this world. And I just feel like no matter what you have to go through, because this world is is full of hard challenges and and hard things and bad things that if you have God's love and we all have God's love that we can do anything and that we can get through anything with faith that's so well said I love that I I remember for me um this girl from Elevation actually posted on a story and said who has Jesus been to you and who Jesus has been to me is kind of a reflection off of how I feel with his love. And I put as my response, I put my provider, my light, my protection, my response, my wisdom, my home, and my strength. Because those words, you know, it's just kind of what comes to mind when I 
thinking of Jesus and his unconditional love and how great and mighty it is. Um, My next question is, what does it really mean to depend on or trust God? I think this is a great question. What does it mean to really uh, mean to depend on or trust God? Because like it's we live in a time of like instant gratification. We just want everything now. We have Amazon. We have drive through. Everything's online. Everything's easy. Everything's quick. And sometimes when we're in that waiting period with God, we feel like he's not there. He's not listening. He's not answering our prayers and or you know when things are not going our way we just feel like he's left us and you know to have trust is to have faith and to say you know maybe this is not the way i wanted it to go but have your way you know god have your way and trust that god's way is the way not you know not what we want not what we think but a, a blind trust that if we just take God's hand and let him lead that we will always be protected and that God is faithful and um, that, you know, he's with us and he's never going to leave us. That's so true. I see it as we are just a little part in the puzzle piece and we only see our little square, but God sees the full picture. Like something I do now could end up, um, kind of like a domino effect all the way down the road when I'm, you know, older and I can look back and think, you know, God protected me from that for this reason. Um, Kind of adding on to that, what do we do when we feel like our prayers are going unanswered? Wow, that's a great question. Um, There's a country song actually that I love. It's called Sometimes I Thank God for Unanswered Prayers. I think Garth Brooks sings it. But it totally is true. In the song, the guy really wanted to date this girl and it didn't turn out like he didn't he didn't end up with her. And later down the road, he was with his wife and he saw this woman. I think she was with her husband. And he just said, thank God for unanswered prayers because he was with his wife who he would have never been with and never met. And, and, that, and she was the one for him. So, you know, he was just thanking God for not answering his prayers. And I think, you know, sometimes we need to remember that, that the things we're praying for is, you know, maybe we need to step back a little bit and just say, is this God's way? And if if your prayers are not answered, like you said, maybe down the road you realize actually there was a reason. And and I'm thankful and grateful that, you know, God took, took control and, and led me the way I was supposed to go instead of the way I thought I was supposed to go. So if you feel like God's not answering your prayers, you just need to um, keep praying, keep talking to God, keep your eyes, you know, up and, and don't lose your faith because he's always with you. Whether you think your prayers are being answered or not, he's always with you. Yeah. We always have to think that everything that he does is for a reason. And even though in the moment, it may not seem like something we'd want or something that we even may be just okay with because um, we're praying for something else. But once we receive it, when, you know, later down the road, we'll see that it was the right choice and God made it for a reason because he saw the whole puzzle. Um, this one's more, I wanted like a mom point of view on this one. So this one's kind of about me. Does my choice of friends matter to my faith? 
So you know how I feel about this one. I've got a couple good quotes I always tell my kids and my students. One is, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And another is, if you lay down with dogs, you'll wake up with fleas. So I a hundred percent think that your friends impact your life. And as a teenager, I remember my parents telling me this and I was like, no, no, no. You know, I'm, I, I know my beliefs. I know my values. I know what decisions I'll make. My friends cannot sway me. And, you know, to a point it's true, but little by little by little, day after day after day, hanging out with, with people who don't have the same beliefs as you or the same values or morals, little by little, you know, it's like the frog in the, in the water. You know, you throw a frog in hot boiling water, it will jump out. But if you put a frog in water and you slowly turn the temperature up, it will boil itself to death. And that's what happens when you're day after day hanging out with people. Little by little, they can get into your head and into your heart. And it's super important, especially as a Christian teen these days, that you surround yourself with people who are going to not challenge your beliefs and not give you a hard time, um, but people that, you know, are on the, who are believers, people who are on the mission with you. And um, of course, it's good to have friends that are non-believers because those are people that we, we can hopefully like lead to, to Jesus. But um, I think picking a peer group that is going to be positive, lead you in the right direction, support you. Um, it's just so important. And if any of you guys are listening right now, you're a teenager and you have friends that are making fun of you because of your faith or mock your faith, it's just, it's simply, I would just, I would just let them go. I know it seems like huge right now at this age, as far as them being your friends, but I can guarantee you that in the next five or 10 years, you probably won't be talking to them anymore. And the people who, um, you know, wouldn't make fun of your faith or give you a hard time with that are the ones that are worth your friendship down the road. I completely agree. I remember I used to have friends who were pretty bad influences and you would tell me the same thing. And I would just be like, no, mom, because I was always like, having Christian friends isn't cool. But now, I mean, I think Christian friends are really cool. <laughs> like, I think we're amazing. Um, especially going to youth nights at Elevation. It's such such a different relationship that you have with your friends because they're there supporting the same things that you support. And they all have different journeys in faith, but you're all supporting the same thing. And it's amazing to be surrounded by that. Yeah, I remember when we went to the um, the Chris Tomlin and Hillsong United concert at Spectrum Center. And I just remember looking around this full arena at everyone thinking, everyone here believes in Jesus. And it was just, I just felt so connected to every person in that room, like we had something in common. And this is not just like, oh, we all like soccer. Oh, we all like, uh, you know, music. This was, we all are believers. I mean, we were, we are brothers and sisters and it was just amazing. So yes, to have those friends that you can call on to pray for you, to uplift you, just to, I mean, to, it's just, 
not good and healthy to have friends that are belittling your faith. At this age, it's very easy to just agree with them, to laugh it off. Um, you don't want to start a fight with anyone. You don't want to argue with anyone. And little by little, day by day, it starts to chisel away at what you really believe. So it's important that you hang out with people who are going to help you build your faith stronger and not start to tear it down. That's so true. Um, okay, so this next one is also kind of, I want your opinion on this for me and you know for max and any other teen who may be listening to this so what would be the impact on someone's life if they marry a believer versus a non-believer great question i saw a video today on instagram um a speech that billy graham did and he said that you know the first thing that you should look for in your spouse or your future spouse is that they put God first. They had done an interview in a magazine and they surveyed all these men and they said, what is the first thing that you look for in a a woman? And they had all said a good figure. And Billy Graham said that they had it wrong, that the first thing they should look for in a woman is that she, you know, has a relationship with Christ. And I just think it's so important. I mean, it's, it's crucial that you marry a believer. It's possible that you could marry someone who doesn't believe and that they could, you know, through a relationship with you, become a believer and follower of Christ. But um, a marriage is supposed to be between a man, a woman, and God. And if your future husband doesn't believe in God, that's going to really affect the entire um, idea of marriage as far as everything. I mean... It would change the idea that your marriage is just, you know, a, a agreement under the state or the, the government, you know. So um, I think to all the, the young adults out there who are looking, it's super important that you guys try to find a believer if you are a Christian and you raise your children to be future Christians and that, um, you know, marriage is seen as a covenant, one of the most important covenants between a man and a woman. I love how you said that. That was so was that. That's so true. Um, because I remember Stephen Furtick was talking about how we need to center our lives around Jesus. And the same goes with relationships. The relationship has to be centered around God. And you need someone who can bring you closer to God. Because love is such a strong emotion. And I feel that love can get in the way of faith. You know, if you say, I love this person you know, most, and they don't believe in my faith, then you feel that you have to, you know, go with them instead of following Jesus. And so you need someone who can build you up and walk with you in your faith and love Jesus more than you. And that's such a big thing because if they, they love themselves more than you, or if they love you more than Jesus or any of that, they have to love Jesus more than you. Jesus has to come first for you and your partner. Um, my next question is, how do you listen to God in prayer? Honestly, I've always had a hard time with this. I remember when I was younger, I had asked a pastor, how can I hear God's voice? And it was, he was trying to explain to me to just pray and to just listen. And, and I just wanted to hear a voice like different than my internal voice, you know? And I was telling Kylie, I remember one time I was doing this actual meditation session. I had some meditation music on and I had my eyes closed. I was focusing on my breathing and, um, we were being prompted by like a, um, a coach 
I was, it was from in martial arts and she was telling us to kind of go back and think about our seven-year-old self and what we would tell ourselves and what advice we would give ourselves. And I started to feel like when I was younger, I never felt like I was enough, that I was always trying to prove myself, impress people. And all of a sudden, right there in the meditation session, I just felt Jesus's presence and I heard his voice and he said, that I was enough and that the only approval and the only love that I needed to to be here and to be present was his love and that he would always love me and that his love was unconditional. And so therefore, I did not need anyone's approval or anyone's love because I had his love. And I just completely felt it. It was a incredible experience that I've told Kylie about. And I just woke up like, I think I was crying. I mean, I had tears in my eyes. I was trying to explain to the the coach after, you know, everyone was sharing their experiences and it just strengthened my faith. I don't always hear God's voice. That was one time that I really felt him there. And he said, I am here. I am with you. I approve of you. I love you. And it was amazing. It, It just came out of nowhere. And, um, so I think if you don't hear God's voice, guys, you just keep praying, keep listening. Sometimes God's voice doesn't sound like a, you know, a, a man's voice, uh, you know, like in the movies. Sometimes it's a feeling in, in your heart, in your head. Sometimes it's just um, even your internal voice. You, you know, you, you know that God is trying to tell you something. So just, you know, keep praying and keep listening and, and you'll hear his voice. He will come to you. Yeah, I remember like the exact moment that you told me about that story. And it was during a time where the past couple of months, I had always been getting response from God. So I'd pray to him and it felt like he was always just there whispering in my ear what I needed to do. And he was always talking back to me. And then for like a month, the month of December, I went through a period where it didn't feel like he was talking back to me anymore. It just felt like he was listening. And so you told me about that story and I was just asking, like, how do I get that, you know? And I even tried the whole meditation thing. And then I realized, you know, after that season was up and I kind of came back into my prayer life and my worship life to where I just had his voice again, but I get it more, I just get very strong feelings when I pray to him. And I realized that that's what I needed. Like when he was just listening to me, that's all I needed. I just needed him to listen to my prayer and be there and be present. And I wouldn't have known that in that time. But now I can see, oh, I didn't need a response. I just needed him to be there and listen to my prayers and, you know, make himself known to that. Um, my next question is, what does it mean to ask God for forgiveness? Hmm, that's a good question. I think it takes a level of humility and, um, you know, repentance to ask God for forgiveness. It's important that we stop and, and, and reflect and realize when we've sinned or made mistakes and we, we need to ask God to forgive us, but really mean it. I always tell my students when they say they're sorry, they can't just say, I'm sorry. They need to show they're sorry. So showing sorry means, you know, of course, not doing it again, making attempts to improve or be better. And 
I think um, when you ask God for forgiveness, it's important that you, you know, pray to him, ask him for for strength and in correcting, you know, your mistakes and then show with your actions that you are going to do better. And um, and I don't want to say work for God as far as to do better, but um make the right choices according to God's um, God's desires for us and, and what he wants from us. I mean, we're human. We're all going to sin. And that's the amazing thing is that God is willing to extend his grace and, and forgive us and, and love us no matter what. But that doesn't mean that we have like a free pass to just, you know, sometimes my students will hit another kid and then they'll say, I said, I'm sorry. And they just think like, you know, as long as I say I'm sorry after, it's fine. And so, you know, as Christians, we can think that, like, oh, God will always forgive me. So, you know, I'm about to sin, but he'll forgive me. You know, it's important that with your, you know, God knows our intentions. He knows our heart. He knows everything. So it's important that um, if you're going to ask for forgiveness, that you work hard to show God that you're truly sorry. I completely agree with that, that we have to better ourselves after, and we have to see it in a way where Jesus died for our sins on the cross. And so those actions that we take on, Jesus already paid the price for that. And our forgiveness is such a little part of that, you know, compared to what he did for us. My next question kind of branches onto this question. How do you get out of a pattern of sin? How do you get out of a pattern of sin? I think this is this is where it's important to be active in the church. It's important to be around others um, who are Christian and have mentors or spiritual um, fathers, you know, that you can or mothers that you can speak to um, when you're feeling lost. But I I would say that the best thing to break the pattern is pray, maybe fast. Um, I've heard, I've done a couple of fasts, only like one day fasts, but I've heard that some of the more intense fasts can really bring you closer to God and, and kind of break that, uh, you know, break you into that emotional state where you're very vulnerable and you can really ask God for what you need, but God has all the answers. So if you're in a state where you are in a pattern of sinning, you need to just go to God and humble yourself and ask him for help. And he will help you. Um, that would be my own, my best advice. Fortunately, I don't feel like I've really been in a, in a pattern of sin. But um, thankfully, you know, my parents like really raised us to be followers and um, make good choices. And I've been lucky with my kids. Um, but I would just say go to God. He has all the answers. Go to other Christians. Ask them them for advice. Ask them to pray for you um, and, and go from there. I completely agree. I think a good way for me and for other teens in general um, is when you know that you are about to be active in that sin that you were trying to get out of a pattern of, go to the Bible, you know, instead, because it's all a self-control act. And that's a great idea. Yeah, it's all like a self-control act. And when you see the enemy is trying to do this to you, 
go to the Bible and just read and, you know, try your hardest to control yourself not to do um, that sin. Would you like to ask a question? You can pick one on there. Okay. Um, let's do this one. Okay. What are appropriate ways for a Christian to manage the relationship between politics and faith? Oh my goodness. This one, um, this is a tough one. (laughs) I think you and I might have different uh, beliefs on this one because as a business owner, I really have a hard time expressing my faith, my political views and all of that in public because my customers come from all different backgrounds and faiths. And it's important to me that I respect everyone's beliefs. And and honestly, we live in a world where sometimes if if I want to express my beliefs, I could be, you know, penalized for it. So I try not to talk too much about my political beliefs or my religious beliefs. But um, there are times where, you know, you need to stick up for yourself as far as your beliefs, um, whether it's politics. Uh, there's things you can do action-wise, like you know, instead of just starting fights on social media, you can um, make changes with your votes. You can call your Congress people. You can show up at your church. You can financially support your church. Um, all of this, all of that, those things, instead of just you know talking or you know, going on Facebook or Instagram and just, you know, lecturing people, those things actually make change. So I would say stand firm in your beliefs, but instead of arguing with people, do things with your actions, you know, use your time, your talent, your resources, um, vote, and don't let other people's beliefs, um, infiltrate, you know, stick up for yourself, stand firm in your ground, be mature, have, have knowledge, you know, have facts to back up your, your beliefs. And, um, and that's about it. I, it's a fine line to walk as far as, you know, like I said, I'm a business owner. Kylie's always a big fan of, you know, spreading the word of Jesus everywhere we go. And I have, you know, students who are, who are Jewish, who are, you know, Muslim, who are Hindi and Christian. And I just want, you know, everyone to feel respected and heard. At the same time, I do totally believe in her crusade to spread Jesus's name around to everyone that we meet. And so, you know, it's just that fine line of respect for others and spreading the good news. I agree with you, especially on the sense that you are a business owner. So it is way harder than me being like homeschooled and, you know, just doing worship music. Um, And... I definitely do see it as that way is you do have to respect other people's religion. And then that's why it is, like you said, such a fine line, because for me, I see it as, wow, I feel Jesus as this, you know, such an amazing person that I have to share with everyone because I want them, you know, I do out of love. I want them to feel his love and his presence and his safeness and who he is. And so whenever I do get the chance to show Jesus to people, I try to do it out of a way, not trying to force my religion on them, just in a way where this is who Jesus is to me, and this is who he can be to you, and who he wants to be to you, and he loves you, and, you know, just look into him and try, because I've had people where they're like, I didn't believe in Jesus, but 
um, my friend invited me to like one worship concert and after that they just felt the Holy Spirit you know so if you can get them to experience just something so little once they they feel Jesus I don't feel like you can even ever turn back you know it's so amazing that's so true I need to look at it more like that. Like, this is a gift, you know, we're doing out of love and not like you're that stereotypical forcing your religion on other people. Um, Okay, I'm going to ask you the last question and we're going to wrap it up. Um, I'm going to say, how do you study the Bible beyond just reading it? Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. Um, Okay, so I pray over a lot of verses. I am in an e-group at Elevation and my amazing e-group leader always says, you know, do we have a life verse? And my life verse is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. And so I will get different verses in the Bible that I feel really called to. I remember there was one time where I just prayed for God to give me a verse verse and I flipped through the Bible and there it was and I really needed it at that time and so I will I'll pray for him to give me scripture and I'll pray for his understanding or I'll go to other people who may understand it better than me whether it's um, an e-group leader or just Christian friends that I know or Christian influencers online who are posting about their experience with that specific verse but I feel I'll have God call it into my life so that once I read it it, you know, I kind of know where it needs to be and where, why God placed in my life. That's really awesome. Actually, Kylie's recently brought, invited me to start using the Bible app and we've been doing, um, what is it called? Bible plans together and where we can make highlights and notes and pray and, um, answer questions and and things like that. And the, the Bible app has been amazing. It also just allows you to read the Bible right there on your phone. So, um, that's really awesome. I think that's one thing that you've really encouraged and motivated me, like just watching you with your Bible, um, how like all the answers I think are right there in the word of God. It's pretty amazing. I just want to say thank you for inviting me to be on the podcast. Um, it was amazing, like reflecting on this with you, you know, if you're listening, whether you're like a parent or a teen, we get so busy that you know, we love our kids and our kids, I know you love your parents, but you know, we get so busy that you don't really get time to stop and reflect and talk and ask questions and, and just have this time to slow down and talk. So, um, thank you for this. Really quickly. I want to add on what you said. Um, it just clicked something in my head about how we don't really get time to sit down and reflect with our, you know, our parents and kids and, God just gave me like a feeling where we do the same thing with him, where sometimes we don't have time and we don't sit down with him and reflect and ask him questions and have an open conversation and prayer with him. So thank you for kind of saying that. I kind of boosted it. That's a great point. You know, like our spiritual father, we need to just put our phone down, stop for a second, slow down and just be with him a little bit because he has all the answers, just like your parents have answers. And that's so true. You know, it's hard these, these days. And maybe that's why so many people are far from God is because we're just so busy that, you know, just taking maybe even a couple of minutes, five minutes each day to pray or to open your Bible, it could just be life changing. 
yeah so that's it <laughs> this is episode one of reaching for a reason reaching reflection i hope you guys enjoy we come out with new episodes every single saturday so i hope to see you guys there our website is reachingjesuspodcast.com and our instagram page is reaching for a reason thank you guys so much <laughs> <laughs>